This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 373, recorded on October 4th, 2018. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find news, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy Network studios here. Mike, uh, I, the weirdest weather this week, uh, Wednesday, 92, Wednesday or Thursday morning, 42. Something like 50 degree swing overnight. Say it again? It, it was in the 30s this morning. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was... It was Tuesday was the same thing, right? Like 50s, 60s. Like you said, Wednesday, 92. I think it even got up to like 95. And then right back down to the 30s the next morning. It was crazy. And it's the one day. It's not like we've had a trend of this, right? We just had a one weird peak because now it's kind of back in the 50s, 60s as our our new average. uh, Fall is here. Rain is on its way. Rainy weekend here in Nebraska. But, of course, we'll have the the show notes. You'll want to look at these show notes because there's going to be a lot of links. Rich is going to talk a lot about those. And so head over to theaverageguy.tv if you want to get directly to him. You just go to theaverageguy.tv forward slash HGG373. You can't miss that one, and the show notes will be there as well. Don't forget, you can join us live on our mobile app, of course, sponsored by the Patreon subscribers out there. I want to thank you guys for supporting us in the way that you do that. appreciate your monthly subscriptions. Head over to homegadgetgeeks.com on your phone, and then just download the app. It's free. It's the best way to listen to us on the road. Really, the best way to stream it is right off the app. We'd love to have you do that. And then, of course, don't forget, rate, review, subscribe, all those things, no matter where you're listening, there's probably an option to do that. And I, nobody ever leaves a, uh, leaves, leaves a review. I don't know why I even ask, but if you're out there, do that. We appreciate it. Big thanks to Mark Robson and Mike Howard last week in the big, the big barbecue and grill show. And uh, Mike, I always walk away from those like super hungry. And uh, Mark, some of the stuff Mark is doing right now, absolutely incredible it's pro level too i love why seeing all his stuff he posts and the, the meat he's cooking he's he's a pro yeah no super good uh guess what i did this week i went out and looked at grills that's all i did i didn't buy one a couple grills showed up in the facebook group if you haven't uh, yeah. if you haven't been out there yet this is the time if in the if you're in the united states this is the time to look for those clearance grills oh they are so. clearancing a ton of them out. even Lowe's having a lot of money off, $150 off these grills. I went and grabbed a little tailgate grill propane one, but all the other ones, it was hard not to buy a new big gas grill because they had mm-hmm. great deals on those. I think Kyle found a uh, acorn yeah. at Walmart for like 150 bucks. Yeah. And so you might want to, if you're in the U.S. and you're in the grill space, even if you're not, you should own a grill. Get out there and look for those grills on clearance. Big box stores, Home Depot, uh, Lowe's, uh, any of those, Menards. All, almost all of them, even Target. I was at a Target and they were clearancing their grills. So get out there. If you haven't got your grill, get out there and get it done. One more reminder, if you want to join me on Fitbit, and every week we get a couple more to join me out there. If you want to join me on Fitbit, send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv. I'll include you in our weekly hustles is what they're called. Sometimes there's a weekend hustle. And if you want to jump in on that, uh, let, let me know, jim at theaverageguy.tv. We will throw you in. Like always, we will have crypto in the post show. Big, big breaking news. Not really, but uh, breaking news on crypto. We'll do that. Well, okay. Big Microsoft and Windows show tonight. It's the one I always look forward to. 
once in the spring, once in the fall. Thank God that Microsoft's on a regular schedule because we get rich here <laughs> twice a year. Rich, welcome. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Yeah, good they're, they're regular clockwork, aren't they, with their announcements? Well, now we know. Semi-annually, we're going to get a new build of Windows 10 no matter what, it seems. And then this, we just had a bonus this week with the October event that I just got home from yesterday from New York City. Yeah, why um, do they just want to separate? I mean, they just had had Ignite, right? And they could have done yeah, some hardware this, announcements. Yeah, it, it's just not the scene. It's not the place. In fact, what was funny about Ignite was the week before Ignite, they made several enterprise and business-related announcements, which uh, I scratched my head and going, well, why would they do that before the stage at Ignite? But once you get to Ignite and you hear the Vision keynote, they did very good at keeping that on pace. And then they had follow-up technical keynotes. So making those... Announcements early was the right way to go for Ignite. But this stuff, they wanted it in its own venue. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk a little bit. You were there. So we're going to talk I a little will. bit about the new hardware announcements first. We'll both come, of them. We'll come back around a little bit to some of the productivity announcements they've made. We'll come back and talk about the October update, which is available right now. Yep. So if you for want to grab seekers. It, yeah. If you want to do that, we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we've got some miscellaneous stuff to talk about going forward. But, Rich, let's let's uh, jump right in on the hardware side. We saw a new Surface Pro 6, which doesn't make any sense. We thought the names were going to go away. Yeah, we thought they the dropped the number thing, right? How much do you think Microsoft wants to go back and rename that Surface Pro in 2017 to Surface Pro 5? <laughs> Crazy. I think so. Oh, it's, just, it's insane what the, we, you know, the naming of these things oftentimes. Yeah. A new laptop, a new studio, and then some new headphones we'll, we'll the talk headphones about that, that was the big surprise yeah, yeah why don't you but, talk about that you saw those that's that's the biggest like nobody saw headphones coming yeah no everything else basically leaked right there was the guy from taiwan with the unboxing video which oh by the way i learned that microsoft is looking into that oh, by the way yeah. to figure out how he got that uh, because it was a surface pro 6 in the box uh, he didn't have a black one he had a platinum one but um, so so that leaked. We saw the leaks about Surface Laptop. We saw the black color, right? So so a lot of the details around the, the new devices leaked. The headphones was the big shocker uh, because nothing had leaked. And now in the last, they've been building them for three years. And apparently at some point, Mary Jo Foley had heard a rumor about uh, some type of a headset, earphones, headphones, whatever you want to call it. But it kind of died out real quick and never came to fruition. So when when Panos walked out for that one last thing kind of thing, very Apple-ish it was, um, and he walked out and we saw the headphone. And the first thing you see on the headphone is the guy's side profile of his head, and there's the headphones, Surface headphones. In fact, Peter Bright had the best headline of the, the day, and his was Surface apostrophe phones, which everybody wants their Surface phone, right? Mm -hmm. There was even that speculation before this yeah. event, but yeah. it was a great headline. But they are nice. I put them on in the showcase. They had a showcase set up right behind us where we took where we heard the keynote. And I'm standing in front of Dan Rubino from Windows Central, right? The room is noisy. There's probably 70 people in there, right, in this very compact space. Very loud, very noisy, ambient noise conversations. I put those things on at their full setting. They have an adjustable uh, can on them to adjust the noise level on one side and the volume on the other. And I put it on at full and Dan Rubino, who was talking to someone right next to me, I could not hear a word coming out of his mouth. His lips were still moving. The music was coming in beautifully clear over Bluetooth from a surface that was sitting there. Uh, beautiful device, really nice light gray color. Color concerns me a little bit because of how does it handle dirtiness, right? But um, got, a, got a really nice silver Microsoft logo here on the side right above the cans and comfortable it, it 
I read Lance Ulanoff, uh, who used to work at Mashable, is writing his own stuff on Medium now. He talked to Ralph Groin, who's the kind of lead designer for Surface. And they built it with where glassware is in mind for comfort because that usually is a pressure point for people. And now I only had them on for a few minutes. When I have my bow, when I have my bows on for buds, yeah, they push in a little bit, but you just, you can't get the, you can't get the noise canceling on earbuds like you do on. No, in fact, and I travel with these, so I wear these on the airplane, but, and they're not noise canceling, but they're really good AKG head, but earbuds that came with my galaxy. But um, so beautiful headset, very comfortable. I only had it on for a short time. Um, I'm really looking forward to when these get in the hands of some audiophiles, some folks who understand that technology and maybe compare it to Bose and Sony's headphones that are priced in that same range. $349 is what they're going to retail for. No word on when they will retail. They save for the holidays. So UK, US. Well, that would be the, the perfect time for them to bring these oh, yeah. to market is for the holidays. And Cortana. Cortana is included in them. And so you actually activate Cortana with some hand motions and it's voice activated as well. Cortana linked to your phone or Cortana 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 in the headphones. Okay. And then just to control the service. Okay. Just like having a dot, right. Or, or or something like that. You basically got Cortana in the headset that interacts via the Bluetooth connection or the audio connection. Uh, And it's got, I forget the number of mics that it has and far field mics, but you can actually use voice control as well. Yeah. I think they say eight microphones in total. Yeah. Total of eight. There you go. Four and four. So four for noise canceling, four for far field for picking up voice. Um, you know, what's interesting is the question of why now. Okay, so all the other hardware makes sense, and I don't think we'll spend yeah, a ton of time. It was time. It was Updated time to get chips, it. right? New laptop. Uh, quad core. No. So that's a big deal, right? First time that form factor of Surface Pro has had a quad core chip in it of any company. Yeah. Um, minimum 8 gig of RAM now in all these new devices. That's that, that's the low end, although I think with the Surface Studio 16, it's the low end. But so for laptop 2 and Surface Pro 6, both a minimum 8 gig. Uh, and I ran through and priced out some of the the costs there. But the, the big deal there for those two devices is the quad core, 8th gen too. They, they are not using an older 7th gen. They did use 7th gen quad core in the Surface Studio. But the big upgrade to Surface Studio, they pulled out that hybrid spinning disk and put in solid state drives. And I know a lot of people who once warranty wore out on their studio upgraded to SSD. They were doing that anyways. Yeah. yeah. And it's still a mobile processor, so nothing visibly changed to the form factor of Surface Studio. And the same thing for laptop and Pro 6, right? Same size and all that, except for Pro 6, you get the color option now. And they, they've done a really good, you know, the black is not available in all configurations, first off. So people should go to the website, go to the links, and check out the pre-order page. You can actually pre-order now Pro 6 and Surface Laptop 2. They are available as of 16 October. So next in two weeks, right, 12 days, they're going to be available for shipping and pickup. Uh, Surface Studio, on the other hand, also open for pre-order, but November 15th is the availability on that. So it's like I said, I think the smartest upgrade across the board was getting the quad-core chips in there, but that solid-state drive in the Surface Studio. Yeah, and I think I looked at the pricing, very similar. You know, these are all refresh, right? The, You're right. So Pro 6 is actually cheaper than last year's or 2017 Surface Pro. But All not right. by much. Now, not by much. $100 in one configuration, $400 in another. Surface Laptop par with the first Surface Laptop price-wise. As far as the studio goes, yeah, it's still up there. Yeah. Studio's no, got some serious uh, high-end. Uh, I, I wrote the numbers down. Let me – Studio has basically three configurations, right? you got a high-end 
Core i7, quad core, 32 gig of RAM, two, para, two terabyte solid state drive, $4,800. In the middle, you've got the same thing with the one terabyte drive, $600 less, $4,200. And then on the low end, still a Core i7, still quad core 7 gen, 16 gig of RAM, and a one terabyte is $3,499. So that's a steep purchase right there. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a specialized device. It's right? a very specialized. And the screen, they made a major, major upgrade to the screen, apparently. Uh, I mean, it really was sharp looking. Yeah, no, doesn't surprise me. None of the hardware announcements surprised me. I think no. we saw refreshes for everything. It's awesome that they're continuing. Yeah, yeah. We're not, we didn't see a product line drop. You know, we're, no, we're, we're no, kind of, in fact. Yeah, yeah so, point. so cool. One of the interesting things, though, back to the headphones. So I've been, I've listened to a few other podcasts talk about this, uh-huh. and everybody's kind of like, why? You know, all of yeah, a sudden, I, I haven't, I have, I think I know why, but okay. Rich, you were there. How did they spin this? And they like, didn't, that I'm aware of, they didn't spin it any certain way. I certainly didn't talk to anybody or I haven't read anything that has a certain spin on it. But I'll say this, Microsoft has a very long history of building hardware and accessories, right? Peripherals. And headphones are very much a peripheral in a lot of ways to a computer setup or things like that. Uh, but it, it's also one of those items that, it, you know, if you're a business traveler, if you're a regular traveler, you've got noise canceling headphones. So it's it, there's certainly a market. Now, I think it's a type do I think it's as tough to break into this market as I do Windows Phone breaking into iOS and Android? No, I think that's going to be a little bit easier for them to gain some market share. They already know Surface sells well. The 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 enthusiast and and high end folks are going to want to pair up their surfaces with a set of Surface headphones. So there's already a market target market out there. Um, but no, I mean they just spun them as you know they talked about them as this high end quality piece of audio gear, and that's why I say I'm really excited to look forward to folks doing that comparison, using the right tools, right, to compare these against like Bose and Sony in that level and see how they come out. Mike, probably not in your office, but but I'm noticing as I make my way around offices these days, everybody's moving to this open concept, right? And developers, when I when I go into these offices, they all have headphones on, and it's it's really really interesting. And I don't know, Mike. Let me let me hear you. Do you guys in in the work that you're doing or you're seeing in your office? It may be a little bit different where you work, but are you seeing more people wear uh, headphones during the day as they're working? Uh, a few, right? In the departments where they don't have to talk to too many people throughout yeah. the day, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, because of that open concept, we you know. We have offices around the outside yep. for all of the yep. managers and above and stuff like that. Yeah. For everyone else in the middle, uh, there's still a lot of talking that needs to be done throughout the day. Right and on. I know that at least the way our cubicles are set up, I can't see the right. people who are talking to me. So I can't, if I'm wearing headphones, I can't know if the attorney next to me is like, hey, Mike, you know, I, I won't yeah. be able to hear that. So I would say for the majority, no. Um, I do see some wearing headphones throughout the day. And sometimes if you're really trying to just crank something out, you know, you can put them in. But no, yeah. for the most part, not in our. You're not in a software development shop. So yeah, it's, right. it, exactly. whenever I go in, the software guys have got them on. And what's really interesting, you know, we think of, I think oftentimes we thought of these over the ear, you know, over the ear went away for a long time. And then Beats kind of brought them back and everybody was wearing them like walking around. I saw people wearing them while they were working out. And I was like, that's kind of stupid. That was just my personal opinion, by the way. It may not be stupid, but I am seeing this more and more. So it's interesting. Like I never would have put two and two together and with a Microsoft branded 
set of over-the-ear noise canceling. By the way, control, you can't do this on the Bose. You have to go into the app if you want to, if you want to change. Oh, is that this. right? I didn't know that. But you can't, you know, you you for them, I could be talking to somebody. Somebody comes over to my cube and I just can immediately turn that noise canceling off and turn the volume down. Now you look like a little bit, you look a little bit like uh, Princess Leah when uh, you're you doing just it. Just <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, when you're doing it that way. But it it is like all of a sudden I thought, holy cow, this may be genius in the sense that again, at 350 rich, this is not a this is not a mainstream media market. No, no, this not is, at all. They not are all. definitely targeting software developers who are using Visual Studio, who are Microsoft centric, who are already wearing headphones at work sure. and may may have used a pair of bows. Yeah. May not. All of a sudden now, they're kind of like, hey, wait a minute. Like, I might drop 350 on a pair of headphones that in the office give me some cred. And so, so and, did you see a tweet today that made you think of this? No, no, I just. Okay. No. So I just pulled it up on Twitter. There's a guy named, uh, and I don't know what his first name is for sure because he doesn't put it in his handle, but he goes by M3 Sweat, which is S W E A T T. And this morning he tweeted, the announcement of the new of the new group of Microsoft Surface devices can't come soon enough. Surface headphones are a step towards a door in an open office floor plan world. Bingo! Yeah, right there, yeah, what you just yeah. said. Yeah, we, because it's that kind of it, it introduces that opportunity, like you said. And you can easily come in and out of the noise cancel aspect. We had go ahead, Mike. Well, okay, but I, the only thing is, if someone walked up to my desk. Even if you turn that off, you're still going to pop one off to show them that you're listening to it. Right? Show them that you're listening. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I don't think, it, you know, you're otherwise you're like talking to them like, are you even listening? That's one reason the AirPods honestly have been great for me. They're the one set of headphones I do use in the office because as soon as you pull it out, it pauses, right? Pull oh. it out, it pauses. Oh, these, you take them off and they pause. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So so that kind of thing is Yeah, great. these do the same thing, by the way. The, That's really take cool. them off your head in a music pause. I've never, I haven't seen those in an over the ear yet. Maybe it's right. out there. I just haven't right. tried them. But the earbuds. That's why I like them. Uh, but you're right with the noise canceling and be able to turn that down. Yeah. I think I think that's nice because you, for most other ones, you it's either on or it's off, right? And some scenarios, if I'm driving, for example, I want to turn that down a little bit. I I do want a little bit, but I want to still be able to hear around me. That setting alone would be fantastic. That's one thing I miss on the Bose. You know, you think especially on an airplane is where I'm thinking actually I would use that. Because an announcement comes on, I turn the noise canceling off. I don't necessarily mm -hmm. need to turn my volume down or anything like that and turn it back on or, you know, relative to what you're doing. You the Bose requires you to change that in the app though, right? Um, well, I have the, so I just have no on-ear controls. Mine, Bose? my old ones do not. I'm sure they yeah. do now. Well, um, I, I think I just saw a commercial in the last 24 hours that showed somebody, it was Alexa in integrated. So they could hit a button on the side and say, Alexa, whatever, Alexa yeah, yeah. play. You can, so you, maybe it's. Uh, no, the Bose are actually Google, not Alexa. Oh, so this must have been mm -hmm. Sony. Who would, would that be Sony? I don't know. But it'd be interesting, though, because whenever I'm talking with noise canceling on, I'm yelling. and I don't even realize it. So I'm sure it just gets a lot louder on the offices. They're all, you know, saying that wake word while they're leaving it. Even if you have the slightest noise canceling on, I'm sure they're talking a lot louder. Uh well, it it's Mike. Aside from that, you know, when we think of, I, I'm not actually thinking you would leave. It's kind of rude to have your headphones on when someone's yeah. trying to talk to you. Yeah. But in an office situation where the office, I know on the Quite Comfort 35s that I have, and those are pre, I think those are pre the Google uh, Assistant on them, just the version right before it. I literally bought them like 
a month or two later, they announced the newer version that has the Google voice assistant on it. Not that I would necessarily use it, but um, you could set three different levels. Now they can always upgrade those on the app, but you could go into the app and set three different, you know, noise cancellation profiles that you want to follow. I do like this idea of just having that right on your right there where you could kind of just click that thing up or down kind of based on what you want volume the same way, right? I don't have to go in there yeah. and kind of monkey with that. Now the bows have the volume on the side, so you can go in there, but those buttons are not that great. Like in their heart, you got to kind of feel where they're at, you know, oh, is this up? Is this down? What am I doing here? You know, so are these the perfect podcasting headphones. Oh, uh, I think about the amount of, yeah, I think they're wireless. I think, you know, obviously not for a mic standpoint, but you have headphones that you can adjust the noise canceling. So you're not, you're not talking like you're drunk. Cause sometimes when you have a noise canceling, <laughs> you talk a little bit weird and you hear yourself, but you could set that perfectly. You could have, I, I think they might be a, a fantastic podcasting headphone. Uh, Tony is uh, correcting me. He he says it is Alexa in those bows. Yeah, I just I saw can, that on Amazon site too. The okay. Series Two QC thirty five. Swore that Alexa was a Google building. Assistant. Doesn't really matter, right? Doesn't doesn't really matter what assistants in there. So I do think uh, when we think about these pairing with developers and that open office concept, I was walking some students through our uh, third floor, which we just redid. Spent a bunch of money on. It's all open concept, and everybody's got headphones on. And I was just like, oh, man, this makes total sense, especially playing Rich, like you said, to the kind of the Microsofties who, you know, the fans who want to have that brand yep. sitting on their head. Yep. And if they're as good as you're saying, certainly for that price, right, they're going to have right. to be they're going to have to be on par with Sony and Bose, I think. Yeah, uh, and you'll I have folks that buy for brand. Don't get me wrong. but And they'll they'll go there when they next need their next set of noise canceling if they're using Bose or Sony right now. Right. right. And I don't put Sony in that same category, you don't? by the way. No, I think I, up until right now, up until this, it was Bose. That's their, the, yeah, well, they, that I was think, kind of their thing. Yeah. yeah. I think they're the market leader. Everybody else is kind of a distant second on this. I'm not saying Microsoft's all of a sudden going to get market share, but it they've done some dumb hardware things in the past. <laughs> And this actually kind of, you're like, okay, this kind of makes sense. So again, I don't think it'll be a huge, they're going to go sell them out. Although you never, you, you never, never know, know, right? Yeah, and you know. just made me think, you know, this is a product unlike Windows Phone, Windows 10 Mobile, 950, whatever you want to call it, that there is not, it, it's just, it. it's the type of a device that somebody who isn't even in the Microsoft ecosystem might just be attracted to because of the feature set. Yeah. Yeah. Because Definitely. of that type of feature set. Yeah. That's what I was trying to get at. But, you no, know, no, Windows no. Phone appealed to people in the Windows ecosystem where, uh, you know, iPhone appeals to folks that are in the Mac ecosystem advice. So this is something that's kind of outside of that. And you know what? Has Apple beyond the, the pods, they haven't built over the year. No, they, have, yet, uh, have they? they have beats. Yeah, they have oh, beats. they bought beats. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I, I got to tell you, Jim, the hardware was cool. All right. So we saw a continuation of the line, which was awesome. The, you know, surface line, surface hardware is healthy. Um, but there was some pretty, they did also confirm that day. That's when they announced the release of Windows 10 October 2018 update. Let's talk about that really fast because it's available today. It for is. those seeking, right? Yeah, you wrote, you wrote an article on this, right? So there's there's a couple ways right now to get the October 2018 update. Uh, you, if you go on your system and it's fully up to date, so you're running 18.03 and you've got all your cumulative updates installed and everything's current on the machine, and you hit you go hit check for updates, it, you could feasibly be served up 
the uh, October 2018 update unless there's a specific block to your device because of an issue or something like that. Microsoft's using machine learning and AI again for this rollout like they did for the April update. Uh, there's also the media creation tool, which is handy because you can go, it downloads and either gets you an ISO or builds you a USB installation flash drive that you can take around to other machines. And then uh, the update assistant, right? So you can run that right from the web page, downloads a little stub that starts the download and install process. I actually use that to upgrade a 32 gig New Vision Solo 10 Draw tablet today. I also successfully upgraded the old uh, HP Stream 7 and Solo Draw 8 or Solo 8 New Vision in place upgrades. No problem with space, even though they're only 32 gig systems. But um, there are a few issues floating around. So be aware of that. There are some reports on Reddit of people losing files in the upgrade process. Um, and there's also some uh, an Intel audio driver compatibility issue that should block. So Microsoft should be blocking that at this point. But so that was cool. But they also showed off some I actually got called out on the demo stage. I don't know if you saw my tweet about this, mm -hmm. but during the during one of the software demos, I was called out by name because of something I tweeted earlier in the day. So your phone, you guys are familiar with your phone app, right? This is that new app that connects your Android device to your Windows 10 desktop. You can get your last 25 pictures and you can do SMS text messaging using your you know, keyboard and mouse. So your phone, uh, the program manager uh, was demoing your phone and uh, that on the stage and she commented, I had tweeted a pic. So I'm on a JetBlue flight flying from Jacksonville, Florida, New York City. I'm at 37,000 feet. I've got my phone connected to their Wi-Fi. I've got my Surface laptop connected to Wi-Fi. And your phone, they find each other. So I'm accessing your phone at 37,000 feet just because my two devices are on the same Wi-Fi network, which I thought was just the, the neatest thing, right? On this airplane full of people. I don't know how many were using Wi-Fi, but you get what I mean, right? They found each other and it worked. I tweeted a picture. They talked about it over breakfast, apparently the Microsoft group before the keynote. And then at the keynote, she called out my name. Uh, and there I am sitting in the back room, a little sheepish and raised my hand and said, yeah, that was me. And we got to talk afterwards, really cool people building these products. So your phone, pretty cool stuff, right? They, they demoed an unreleased feature of your phone. So imagine this, and it's, I'm sorry, Mike, but it's Android because iOS is so restrictive. They can't do the same things with an iOS device as they can with Android. So your phone's really strong. And in fact, Tom Warren today on The Verge wrote about the fact that the real close relationship to Windows 10 is Android because of the abilities it allows them to do. Um, so anyway, so they demoed. So imagine this, your phone app is installed on your Windows 10 device. Your Android phone, you get an alert on an app. Let's call, let's say it, uh, WhatsApp, right? Because So you get an alert on the phone. It pushes to your notification center on Windows 10. You click that notification and a mirror of your Android phone screen pops up on your Windows 10 desktop. It's using the same technology that they are already built and using and proven with Xbox One streaming from your console to the Windows 10 desktop. So that, that connectivity already exists. It already exists. They've proven that it works well. They're using that same technology, I was told. So now I've got touch, mouse, and keyboard to interact with the WhatsApp app on the Android phone from my Windows 10 desktop in real time. It was the coolest, it was, it was an unannounced, it's unreleased, they say it's coming. Um, but I thought that was the coolest thing, right? I did get a demo on iOS, Microsoft Edge of Timeline. So that I did, they're gonna integrate Timeline on iOS devices through the Microsoft Edge browser 
Don't know if it has to be the default or not, but that's where that data will be stored at. On Android, however, they just released Microsoft Launcher. I don't know if anybody uses a Android, but Microsoft Launcher is a really good launcher for Android. But that's where Timeline is now available in that beta release that came out Tuesday. So I've got Timeline on my Samsung Galaxy now between my mobile device and my desktop stuff. I can see it on both sides. So it's pretty cool and it's accessible there. I'm trying to think of the other thing they showed us, the launcher. Oh, To-Do, Microsoft To-Do, right? They had Wonderlist before. Wonderlist has kind of become Microsoft To-Do. They released Outlook.com integration with To-Do on Tuesday. So you can go to Outlook.com and you can drag emails into To-Do and create action items on, for your To-Do list. That's going to continue out into the uh, uh, Outlook app on mob- on phones. It's going to continue into the Outlook client on the desktop. So that was pretty cool, too. And then the other thing was, yeah, I think that was the key things, the mirroring, the earphone app, the launcher and the to do stuff. So there are some cool as well as all the other bits and pieces of the October 2018 update. Yeah. So if you're listening to this in October or early October of 2018, I re- I installed it on every PC I had I last night. Yep. So I just went through did the updates on a faster machine. Of course, it's faster. Actually, the one behind me is the Kangaroo PC right here. It does not have a lot of storage on it, and right. it's struggling to get it downloaded. So I'm gonna have It to took my things. New Vision tablets a long time. They're slow. Yeah. They got old. I forget yeah. what kind of processors they have. But... Well, it's not only slow, but I need, I'm going to have to free up. You can see the screen. Uh, here. I'm going to need to free up some space oh, to, gotcha. to get it on there. Everything else, uh, you know, some yeah. of the stuff I downloaded and let them. I just went to bed. I did start till about nine forty five and then about ten thirty the big the fast machines were done and mm-hmm. everything else was kind of coming back up, but I had some slower machines that I was like, oh, I'll just let them I'll I'll get them in the morning. <laughs> you know, I'll get them in the I morning. I upgraded Surface Book too, sitting in the venue after the event was over. Mm-hmm. And then I upgraded Surface Laptop that night in the hotel room. Yeah. In New no, York. Goes fast. I don't I can't think of too many reasons why you would want to wait in, in Mike, as we've been doing crypto, I've been really conscious of about twice a month, just making sure I'm rebooting the computers as opposed to right. them rebooting on their own. I set up a whole bunch of stuff, you know, crash on re what's, what's the name of that thing? Crash on restart. No crash. No restart on crash. That's the name of it. Um, that I've been using to restart those processes. You know, even if windows takes it down without my permission, it, when it comes back, it'll automatically restart it. But I've been a big, I've just been checking from time to time. Hey, are there updates coming? I didn't exactly know when this update was going to come. Rich, I found it without even looking at the press. I just went to it. and What, this update on Tuesday? Yeah, this, this most recent update. Oh, okay. Oh, I did get a notification. I got that, hey, I think, did I? Or did I go look? I must have. Now, you must have gone looking because they're not pushing any notification. They think they're going to start those push notifications next Tuesday and that when on patch Tuesday, it'll start down. But with the problems that have popped up, I think they might push off. I think they might hold off before they let that start rolling out automatic. Why not? Okay, so this is really them saying, hey, if you're going to search for it, we're going to let you find it. it. They'll probably get some telemetry behind it fix yep. some of the problems that they're having so yep. that when they roll it on patch Tuesday. Yeah. And that's to... exactly how they did in April. Right. So that if certain devices trigger errors, they're going to see that in the telemetry. They're watching for that kind of thing. They're watching social media and Reddit and everything else as well. So that I guarantee they are already set around a desk in Redmond talking about this file issue, the files being deleted. I uh, don't know how widespread that is. They know about the Intel issue. I guess there's still a bug from fastering build. Um, uh, about CPU percentages in task manager. 
not being accurate. That's still there. Apparently, I think that's minor in the scheme of things. Um, but um, I bigger issue is data loss. There, there should never be data loss. And I think I got to imagine that they are trying to figure out what's happening there so they can fix it. Yeah, and yeah, the machine learning AI will trigger, you know, and maybe if there's a certain type of device or a certain piece of soft, they'll flag that. And then people who go looking for it next time will, won't see it. It just simply won't appear in Windows Update. So. There's um some there's a, a blog post I'll put in the show notes about uh, the Windows 10 October update. What are the Windows Insider's most favorite features that they've just looking on? at that? That's kind of cool. And um and so there's the 15 top features there. If you're kind of wondering like, okay, what what's coming in this? And because they do these every six months now, there's less and less big things yep. coming, and a lot more just kind of small fit and finish things going on. Of course. Edge is still not a separate part, right? It cannot be updated on its own. And so all the Edge updates that we get on there. But it's kind of interesting as I read through these October updates. Number one, block suspicious behaviors. Two, a better notepad, right? There's been some things changed with notepad. Dark theme and file in file explorer. A better way to copy and paste. Redesign Microsoft Edge menu and settings. That's actually pretty handy. Embedded handwriting options, which is kind of interesting. Improved update experience, maybe not so improved after we after we're going to make it through here. Well, but, they have made it smaller, so there's yeah. a smaller footprint for how much data has to be downloaded. So yeah. that, that I think that's what that's in reference to. Yeah, more accurate typing. If you're using, I think if that's if you're using the on-screen. Uh, uh, um, yes, keypad. and and uh, what's the what do they call that when you use your finger to swipe? Swipe. So that kind of thing is available now on the keyboard on the on the desktop device. It is kind of caught up with everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Save time with search previews. One-click screenshots control websites that play media automatically, which if you don't, if you hate that in Edge, that's stopped. Yeah, yeah, it can now be yeah. controlled site by site. Sync photos to your phone, which, by the way, I think this Android, you know, your phone, I, yeah. it's almost in a preview still. This is almost it is MVP, very much so. MVP, right? I mean, it's still kind of like, hey, we can kind of do this, and here's 25 pictures and maybe some SMS. Yeah. And you do get the message part is labeled as preview. The pictures they're pretty happy with. You do initially the initial image that's downloaded is 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 a little bit better than a thumbnail. So if you share that immediately to social media, probably not going to make a big difference. It's not one you're going to want to grab and print out. Eventually, though, that will sync the full res version down to your desktop. Um, but it, you know, for quick, handy copy paste or drag into a document or something like that off your phone, it, it works really fast. Yeah. Mixed Reality Portal, which uh, Ian has been doing, Ian Dixon. Uh, oh, Ian his... does all kinds of – he was watching me on Twitter Tuesday through his Mixed Reality headset. Yeah. He said, you're on inside. I'm like, wow. He's um, If you're into the Mixed Reality piece, you really Definitely. want to follow Ian on, on YouTube and subscribe to his channel. He's doing yep. – not only does he do quick seven-minute updates whenever we have a new build, He's putting a video out. Uh, he's also talking a lot about uh, mixed reality. It's out there as well. Of course, there's an updated Skype uh, for Windows 10 that's coming, and then 150 new emojis, which none of us here care about. But that's when we think about the top 15 things. So not earth-shattering, not, you know, no. those things. Mike, are you, as you hear these things, or are you thinking, hey, I'm an update tonight? Or what? what did you, maybe you already kicked off the updates. Yeah, I've already kicked off the update. <laughs> but it's weird because I kicked off the update and I don't even use these as a desktop, right? All my Windows machines sit in my rack and they run, you know, my SiteHound, my security software and 
swords and stuff like that. So I don't use it on a day-to-day basis. The one machine I do use that's Windows 10 on a day-to-day basis is my work machine, which I have no control over. Uh, but they do let us use a lot of the cool features. I am kind of happy that our work doesn't lock down a lot of that stuff. Mm. I've actually gotten really into the Windows ecosystem just with OneNote and things like that ever since I started this new job because it's the one way I can take my personal iPad to work, take it to meetings and have my because I can log into my, my because we all have the Office 365 accounts and it all works. And so that's been a lot of fun. So at work, I'll get to play with it once we, once we get the update, but I don't, I don't have a desktop that I use that I will run the update on. Yeah. Well, downloaded mostly Kangaroo still needs to get an update uh, and installed here. Rich, you also went to Ignite. So, I mean, not, not one, but two, but three events uh, of some sort. Give us a little summary. Ignite's really kind of more about the services Microsoft's offering, right? Not a lot of hardware announcements there. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, they um, uh, Ignite is definitely targeted at uh, your IT professionals, your IT managers, your the leaders in that kind of role. In fact, what Microsoft does it in the summer there is they do Ignite alongside of Envision. And here's how I label Ignite and Envision, right? Ignite is your IT pros. They're the guys in the flip-flop shorts and T-shirts that they got at the last tech conference they were at. And then Envision is your, your well-dressed, business casual type folks that are there to listen to uh, kind of more visionary kind of uh, approaches to things, right? They do get some technical stuff and, and, and they're allowed to come over to Ignite sessions. Ignite attendees are not allowed to go over to Envision sessions. So they do, there is a little bit of crossover. And of course, we're all in the same keynote. Um, the, um, so they did, they, you know, it is really focused on services. In fact, they, they released a document that just blew me away uh, because I did get this under embargo in the media briefing. And then I saw it as an, under an MVP embargo, but they actually released this. I didn't know they were going to release it, but it's a PDF file. And I put a link in your show notes. You can share it with the readers, but it, they called it the book of news. There were so many individual announcements made at ignite that they put together this PDF file. It's got five chapters in it and it runs from just pulling it up in edge. If, Oh, wait a minute. That's the wrong link in there. Uh, there it is. Book of news. So what they did was they basically wrote five chapters and in each chapter it is broken down into different areas. So you have security, artificial intelligence and data. Uh, the next thing was Azure and news around that. And then the final one was Microsoft 365. So that message they started last year at Ignite talking about Microsoft 365 when they announced it continued this time. Uh, it is the way forward. It is the reality. They did release um, Office 2019. They did announce that they would have the GA of Windows Server 2019 this month, which they did on Tuesday. And um, so we did hear those kind of things. The one hardware related thing that we heard about, not Azure related, was Hub 2. We actually got a briefing on Surface Hub 2. We got to see a couple of, I would call, prototype devices. And the reason I know that is they wouldn't let us take pictures. So we got a full on-the-record brief. So they showed us the operating system. They, you remember the blog post came out a couple of weeks ago, Surface 2S and Surface 2X, right? So Surface 2S is the first iteration of this new hub to replace Surface Hub 1. And um, if you were watching the keynote, you saw that, that scene where they kind of took the screen in that final demo and rotated it and the image stayed in place. Uh, it's the coolest part of the demo that there was. And we got to see, you know, so that's just a neat little feature thing. But here's what they've done. So Surface Hub 2S uh, will be upgradable to Surface Hub 2X in 2020. 
it's got a modular um, kind of package, computer package, CPU and everything that just slides in the back on the mount. So the, the monitor hardware, the stand hardware, the uh, USB type C ports on all four sides of the screen, all of that is the same. The big difference between the two will be the, the package of, of chips. So you'll have a faster processor. There'll be a new version of, of uh, Windows 10 called Windows 10 Teams that will be in X. It'll allow multiple users, up to 16 users, to log into one hub device, share data across their, pro their profiles, copy and paste, and all kinds of stuff. Uh, Surface Hub 2S, the first iteration, is only one user. So there's one screen. So it's kind of like a Windows 10 desktop, right? Only one person can actively be logged in at one time. Yeah, no, a cool, I, and from what I'm understanding is enterprises are very interested. In They're this, psyched about it. Right, they, they, they had been briefing customers and partners that week when we got brought in on Wednesday afternoon, I think. So they had already been talking to partners uh, for a couple of days. They're excited about it. They want it. It's rollable, right? It's, it's movable compared to Surface Hub 1, which was a big big, huge thing. So they, yeah, they say they're excited. That's why they're kind of taking this two-pronged approach. And it's not a bad business model, right? If you get people to buy Surface Hub 2S now because they want the, the light and portable aspect of things, you likely have an upgrade coming a year and a half later when Surface 2X comes out. Yeah. So it's not a bad model. Rich, Google today or this week, uh, earlier this week, announces, of course, it's pushing its gaming platform out via the browser. All right, all uh, virtual, pretty much. And they're kind of starting to promise they can push a lot of the gaming game pieces, streaming yeah. right, out and you can actually do it. Of course, Microsoft has been talking about virtual desktop and getting that to be more like we don't, you know, we don't do the desktop anymore. Had, did, did you did you make any sessions? Any you have any thoughts on where virtual desktops are going? Yeah, you know, the service they announced was for Azure. It's called Windows Virtual Desktop. And what it does is it gives you an option to use either a Windows 10 virtual desktop or a Windows 7 virtual desktop. The, the Windows 7 piece was kind of in the background. Um, the key about the Windows 7 piece, I'll say, is that, you know, a few weeks ago, they announced the plan for the, the end of service for Windows 7. And they said, there will be an extended support plan. You'll pay for that per device per month and every year the price is gonna go up. Well, on the Windows Virtual Desktop with the Windows 7 one, three years of extended support updates at no cost. All you pay is for your compute. So if you're already doing Office 365 or as they put it now, Microsoft 365, then you get three years. If you've got that one system or maybe a handful of systems that still need seven for whatever reason, this could be an avenue for companies to go ahead and migrate all the physical devices and and use that as their means of staying their line of business app still working with Windows 7, right? Because three years worth of extended support updates is a pretty good deal. And all you're paying for is your compute. So if you're already an Azure customer, it's gonna be part of that, that bill. So I thought that was pretty neat and significant. Windows 10 there as well. I saw the native integration, the team demoed for me the native integration. Basically, it just treats that virtual desktop. So if you've got an app on there, whether you're running Windows 7 on there or Windows 10. If you've got an app on that virtual desktop, you can actually pin a shortcut to it on your physical client desktop, either on the start menu or taskbar. And after you first log into that virtual desktop with your right credentials, and oh, by the way, these virtual desktops are multi-user. So more than one person can access that virtual desktop in the Azure from different client desktops, right? Different endpoints. So, um, you, you, it actually runs just like an app on your computer. So you click the icon on your taskbar, it makes the connection to the virtual desktop and serves you that kind of like a kiosk mode. 
it serves you that app through the virtual connection and, and it's there. It's, it's, you can copy and paste to it so it, you can interact with it within your system as well. I, th- I thought it was neat. I, I think it's going to be, I think the bigger story with that is going to be, it's going to help companies still looking at tough spots in their migration because they need Windows 7 for X, Y, or Z. And this might give, if they're already a customer, it might give them the avenue they need to be able to say, you know what? Okay, if we need to run Windows 7 desktop for a little bit longer, let's save some money. Let's make this move. Let's migrate all the physical devices and get done there. And then, you know, that gives them that ability to figure out how they're going to figure out that line of business app and how to make it compatible with Windows 10. I mean, come on, we're less than a year and a half away from the end of life cycle for Windows 7, January 14, 2020. If you're a big business and haven't figured this out yet, you're way behind the ball, way behind the eight ball here. So this is kind of like that that stick cannon, a stick and carrot. Oh, by the way, it might get you into the Azure ecosystem too, right? So it might be your entry in. I, I think the day is, I, here's my question I ask these desktops because the thing I couldn't put my head around was, why do I need a virtual desktop if I have a desktop? And that they were able to explain some line of business apps, security of data, closer to the data center, a lot of different reasons there, but it's just not automatic that just because you have a desktop that there's not a purpose behind that technology. Mm-hmm. And it's fast. It, it was as if it was running on the local device. Yeah, I've, really- been, I've been running, you know, I had ran um, VMs on yeah. Azure for the last two years, probably. And they run, they're really no different than a remote desktop instance, yes. even local. Right. Um, Mike, could you see for, for when you think about what, what examples for the average guy do you think you would use a virtual desktop for, or would you? Any need, any need in as you're thinking about what you do, or you just like I'd rather just access this as a cloud and be done and not have any hardware. I know that's hard for us because yeah, we're big have hardware. to have hardware. <laughs> yeah, right? but my have something to see it through. I'm a big hardware guy, but the one thing, the one company I've actually seen starting to use this effectively is something like Plex, right? Where you have a Plex media server that is actually in the cloud. Now, Plex does this offering for you, and it's not actually acting like a VM. I haven't used it, but essentially you have all of your storage in the cloud, and then the VM runs Plex. You no longer have to worry about having a Plex dedicated box that has this beefy CPU and that can transcode and that can do everything. You then have this machine in the cloud that would be traditionally something that you would have in a rack or on a desktop. So stuff like that, along with any sort of just light application stuff or, you know, things where you just need a very thin client, like you guys have talked about, uh, where you can access something beefier in the cloud and something with multiple, um, like we're talking about with multiple endpoints in one VM uh, is, is very interesting to me because I think of, you know, as my kids get older, they don't need a big beefy computer if they had something in the cloud, some sort of VM that could run a lot of their stuff for them. Uh, for the average guy, though, I still, I, I, it's a little bit, I think, too much for the average guy, yeah, right? I think this it's still is, out there a little bit. Yeah, for just a little bit. But as it gets more accessible, the thing I love about this is people are going to be using it without even realizing it, I think, yeah, right? They're, they're not going to think about setting up a VM. It's just going to be what happens. It's going to be their computing environment before they even realized it. Well, and I wonder how long before that gets hybrid for us. So I might be on a low-power piece of hardware and when the process is needs more than the CPU can provide, it offloads that to an Azure instance or an AWS instance to be processed and come back. Yep. We don't really see a lot of that today, but 
you know, we're not going to continue to get battery uh, efficiencies on high power CPU units, right? That's just, we got to continue to get more and more efficient. I think we're seeing the industry moving towards ARM. And, and yes, our friends at Qualcomm have done a nice job of getting some pretty good computing on those chips. But at the end of the day, there's still some physical limitations mm-hmm. on what we can and can't do. And I, I just, I think 90% of the population, to be honest, is can get away with 95% of the time with a pretty low power chip. And we could be getting days or weeks worth of battery life on our equipment, right? Instead of it being, you know, eight hours or six in some cases. And I'd love to see some of this processing when needed offloaded, you know, kind of offloaded to the cloud. And so it would it'd go, hey, I'm working on this thing. It'll be back, right? Now that sounds like a old main, the old mainframe days when you would send, like you'd be on your terminal and you would need processing power and you would have to reserve time and send that thing off, right? Those are, those are the old days of computing. I think with machine learning and AI, this is where I actually think there's some good applications of it where it kind of knows what we do and begins to prep for that. Right. And starts kind of saying, hey, I probably should have some things ready. So when Jim asks for this kind of stuff, this is what I'm going to do. Right. Um, And so I think there's some really there's some really good applications of that there. But we have to make it transparent to the end user. And it's going to be weird on how we bill for that because it's going to take data and processing. Somebody's got to pay for the compute back at the other end. Yeah. No. But how many people really need like if, you know, if we could get low power PCs back in people's hands, well, or whatever, that the costs go way down. Well, then maybe I have a subscription uh, to compute and yeah. I, you know, I get so much compute and in most cases I don't do it. It's kind of viewed like your, like your internet in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. If I paid for it, like I paid for internet, that, that may, which is driving me nuts right now, by the way, Cox is killing me here in Nebraska. But that being said, um, Rich, I think there's, and Mike both, I think there's some interesting things coming with that where we could do this and think of it completely different than we think of it today, because we just don't need all the power that we have on the edge. It's truly going to take what we know as remote desktop, right? And RDP, RDS, even VDI. And it's, this is, we are in the early stages of the, the birth of this technology that's going to take us there. Right. Uh, What you mentioned, Google, right? Tomorrow, the game they're releasing that's going to be accessible through the browser is called Assassin's Creed Odyssey, the latest edition of Assassin's Creed. That is a high-end game. I mean, I'm really curious to check it out. I don't know how they're doing it, whether you can do it for free or not, but I plan to check it out. I want to see. I want to see how it presents in the browser because right now, for instance, Steam, you download the game locally to your machine, right? Even though Steam is kind of a client that gets you the stuff from the cloud, makes the connections, it's still physically running on your device. So your hardware, your video card all have an impact on the performance of the game. On the Xbox One console, Microsoft kind of showed the capabilities of squeezing some pretty heavy duty data on your local home network and streaming to a desktop, right? So go from... I. I I run Forza Horizon on from the console to a desktop, and it's great looking, and it runs well, right? Using that connection, uh, which means it, it, is why it makes so much sense that they connected the phone thing to that, right? They're not recreating; they're using the same technology. So, Google is the first, I think, beyond simple games that's introducing a very graphics intense processing power hungry game assassin's creed odyssey into the browser so i'm really curious to see how that's going to fly 
and see how it performs. Because that'll be the difference. Gamers won't tolerate it if they don't get the performance. Right. No, you can't have you can't have lag. It's just, nope. it's just not going to work. I have all. lag on games I run on my desktop because of the internet. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, Rich, we we introduced you so fast, and we got to business so quickly. We didn't even talk about uh, what you do. So, uh, WindowsObserver.com is your site. Talk a little bit about what you're doing out there. Uh, when, well, WindowsObserver.com is my personal site. Uh, that site has existed in one form or another since 1995 when it was birthed on GeoCities. Uh, these days for the day job, I work for a company called Informa. They're based out of the UK, and I work for the business unit called KNEC365, and I, I'm the senior content producer for ITProToday.com. So I've shifted my professional focus into the IT Pro crowd. I still write and post on WindowsObserver.com because that's my that's my consumer outlet, although I do write two pieces a week for our paid newsletter that we have, Windows Secrets. So, yeah, I, I, I'm lucky to have my fingers in both sides of the ball of wax, right, seeing the perspective of consumer and this perspective IT pros, you know, consumers are fairly well, you know, we're, we're on our sixth feature update for windows 10. You know, I've been installing them on my wife's windows 10 device for three years and not once have I had to go over and show her how to do something. So, so I know that works right that you mentioned it. The updates aren't earth shattering and fireworks type of updates. They're very incremental and very steady. I was going to, you made me think of this point that I said to somebody else earlier this week, compare inking on windows 10 original release to windows 10. Now on 1803, right? The April, 2018 update, it is a tremendously improved uh, uh, process. I met with somebody from the accessibility team last week at ignite. And we talked about the differences between accessibility from three years ago to now. You know, just think about it. In the in pre-Windows 10, we would just barely have our hands on a brand new version of Windows out here right now, whatever it might have been called. And the changes would have been significant. And, and I this is this is not the best of comparisons, but it works. And it was one that was used for me in the past. You know, you ever heard the the joke or the the comment, how do you how do you cook a frog? Mm-hmm. Right. You boil them slowly. Right. You put them in cold water and then put them on the heat. I learned once that you don't put uh, crabs in a hot pot of water. They come climbing out. All right. I <laughs> they, learned or, or they scream real, really. They, I never heard the screaming, scream. but they came climbing out and clatter and scared my two year old daughter to death. <laughs> um, so you have things are slow. Right. Incremental. And that's where we're at with Windows 10 now. So I think Microsoft made a change a few weeks ago where now the and I apologize for fall update. This update, the September, October update is now going to get 30 months of support for enterprise customers. So it allows them to stretch out their, their update cycle, maybe to take two or three updates off, right. And to try to get them to upgrade on a more regular basis. And you don't have to do a lot of training, right? There are some cool new features. You pointed them out, the new snip and sketch, the new way to grab screenshots with one push of the button, uh, you know, all the apps that surround the main OS and things of that nature. So I, I truly believe that that this incremental process has made it much easier to move people from build to build to build. Yeah. And it's uh, to Joski in the chat room says these feature updates drive me crazy. Um, I'm curious and, to know what about them drive somebody. Uh, crazy. They, they are. It is rich. It is a lot like because you're getting your monthly ones. They're coming in. They're restarting. The cumulative right? updates, right? Getting the cube, right? And then, and then changes, every six months, that's a pretty significant. And and I'm not. It, I for us, I think for the enthusiasts who love to watch this thing happen, 
I think it's great for us. True. Yeah. I think for the standard user, it's not as, I mean, uh, Kyle Wilcox in our chat room or in our uh, Facebook group, he, you know, he was purposely trying to hold some things off because of the user experience with his wife. And it, it, he misunderstood kind of what the, the delay meant. And he thought he had more time on um, the gotcha. delay. And then all of a sudden it rebooted. Yeah, the minute you turn off that delay and you yeah. re-enable it, you have to do an update check. And my wife is the most non-technical person in the world. And so she's kind of my my measuring stick when it comes to this stuff. And just the sheer fact that I can remember upgrading her from, for instance, from Windows Vista to Windows 7, uh, you know, XP to Vista. And there were, there was a curve there, right? She had to learn some things. But with Windows 10, for whatever reason, I've done those updates regularly. She's she's unaware of them, and she's able to do the way she uses a computer, which is not like us, which is not like a lot of people in your chat room, right? She she uses her computer very much like an appliance, like a lot of everyday users do. They want to turn it on, see their Facebook, see their email, browse the web. That's what they expect out of it. Rich, at one point they had talked about making these downloads smaller by, well, two ways. One, by only giving you the delta between what's new and like what you needed, right? Or two, if I was, say, I had downloaded one of my PCs locally had downloaded it, it would pull from there. Yeah. I don't think either one of those. Yeah. I never seen either. never worked well that I could ever test. I could never see my other PCs feeding another PC, right? Right. And maybe that's because I go to every machine at the same time and say update. (laughs) I'm okay. But but they have done some work on the Delta. You mentioned the Delta update. So basically cumulative updates, for instance, every month are that way. They only download what's changed on your system so that you get a, the package size will vary on feature updates. Same type of thing. Not everything on windows 10 as it sets under 1803 is changed in 1809. So that Delta package is smaller, should be smaller. Most of the time. I, I still think there's some work they have to do on that process to kind of really get it firm because I tell you what, this last six month dev cycle for redstone five, I've been bumping against my one terabyte limit on Comcast a couple different times I got within a couple hundred gigs and I got a little nervous because mm-hmm. there were so many, there's so much coming down, but I also have what three devices. I got six yeah. devices I'm updating. So that, you know, we're, I'm, I'm not abnormal in that sense, you know, from a user perspective. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's a love hate thing. You know, yeah. the phones update just as often. And it, it, you know, Mike, we, we just got a new system update, right. right. On the iPhone, which brought some cool, pretty cool features. Like, now I know how much screen time I have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, that, you know, now I let's see. What else have I? Oh, now my notifications do tell me just how many I have stacked up that make me feel even more guilty. <laughs> right, Mike? Anything else in there? Like when we think about the update for iOS 12, like there was there was quite a few new things in there, right? Yeah. Just, I mean, overall uh, performance updates too coming in and then um, multiple person FaceTime is coming with 12.1. Mm-hmm. So we'll see that come down. Uh, you got a lot of updates to the keyboard. You've got, we talked about this last week, LastPass or whatever password manager you have integration and you can replace iCloud Keychain, which is a huge update. Dude, Those just automatically work. Wow. I have been using the hell out of that feature. Me too. And the fact that it uses Face ID, which are, I love my Face ID. Jim, you're still on Touch ID, right? Yeah, still Touch. Um, so either way though, that it works great yeah. With it's the way LastPass was meant to be on your phone, and no, it was iOS open yeah. up and let, let you be that way. Uh, and then a lot of 
like I said, I like the under the hood updates because for me, my battery for some reason has been lasting way longer on iOS 12 than it was before. Yeah, I've had a few inter- I've had a few Wi-Fi problems since. Oh, the really? Update. Yeah, it just doesn't seem to it, it, like it loses its way, and I and that, I don't know. That's I, been popping up. You know that? Right? No, somebody was trying to correlate the why, what chipset? Because you, didn't they move to a new chipset in the new phones? Yeah. yeah. And so somebody was, I saw something on social media. Somebody's trying to correlate these Wi Fi drops and connectivity drops to certain hardware. Yeah. Every once in a while, Mike on my phone, I just, I, it's, I don't lose internet. It just stops working. And, you know, I, you know, I shake it and that doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, well, so, but this is interesting because as Tajuski's talking about this in the chat room, you know, uh, on Android's even worse as far as just the sheer number of changes that are going on with their apps and the ecosystem and the OS and they're changing every two years. So it's, yeah. it's not, you know, and it, and it, the, the phones get the, the, for some people, not all cases, but the phones get the benefit of the data. Everybody's like, Oh, that's okay. That's fine. I'll just update it. That's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, but windows is so different in people's minds and yeah. they just, when it's their PC, it's just completely different. Yeah. Rich, you're also doing the observe tech podcast. I do. Yeah. If anybody's new to me and has not caught rich on observe tech, if you want the best, most informed, no spin zone on what's going on with windows and what's going on with Microsoft, uh, Rich is your guy, literally. And Rich, I've told you this before. I put you on like 1.4 speed. And yeah. There are times I have to pause and take a breath. Yeah, I'm, I, I talk pretty fast at normal speed on that podcast. I probably cover 40, 45 headlines, probably about a minute on each or so, maybe a little bit longer. But yeah, yeah no, it, it's a format that has continued to do very well. I get a lot of great feedback on it, and I appreciate that from everybody. Um, it's fun to do because basically I take the headlines and I, I just add a, I add a little commentary to them. Uh, I, I do some catch up for insiders, right? Where we stand and where we're at the latest builds and, and walk through some stuff like that. It, it's, it's, you know, podcasting is, and we were talking in DM beforehand. I just learned about Spotify opening up their podcast directory. Man, that submission process was like that. Was, yeah, it's great. Log now. in and submit your RSS feed. I also recently got added to iHeartRadio. That happened about a month ago because one of my listeners contacted me and said, Rich, I've changed up some things here. I'm using iHeart now. You're not on iHeart. So I went and looked into it and it took about three weeks for them to finally get back to me. And I guess they do review it and okay it. But now I'm on iHeart Radio, for instance. So uh, as well as through the the windowsobserver.com is where the, the podcast is published at each week. And, it, you know, it, it, it's been interesting. You know, I, I know the habits of a few of my listeners because I got one guy over in the Netherlands who I know listens on Monday morning. So I know if for some reason I miss a Sunday recording, he's driving to work the next morning, not with the podcast, and I hear about it. So it, it's great fun. It's a great way to connect with people. Uh, at Microsoft Ignite, for instance, I had folks walking up to me that listen to the podcast, that follow you on Twitter, and you know, you know, and introducing themselves and de-virtualizing, as I put it, that relationship, which I think is terrific. Uh, and and you know, that's the other thing about Ignite. I might only produce three or five pieces during the week. But the context you make with the teams and the the knowledge and sharing you're going on there it really lasts a long time. So it's yeah. it, it, and I'll be in Dallas in about ten days actually for a week for our IT DevCon, which is our company's tech conference that we do. And um, you know I'm looking forward to that because it's a much smaller scale. Thirty thousand people is a lot of people moving around, even in Orange County uh, Convention Center in Orlando. 
Now, you did hear they announced on the last day of Ignite, they're moving Ignite from September to November next year, mm-hmm. which is an interesting move. I don't know if that was availability or if that was probably. a conscious move. It probably was. No, I bet it was availability. It's kind of nice. That's when the MVP Summit used to be. And it then they moved be, us, yeah. right? They moved us in into March. the spring. And- but I also had the thought that would also be post the this time frame of the year. So we're going to call it, next year. They're going to call it 19H1 and 19H2. So it'll be the second update of the year. It'll be after that's released. So that sure. might also bleed into maybe certain sessions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rich, uh, for folks who don't listen to you, you should, if you're listening to me, you should listen to Rich. It's the best 45 minutes of my day in a lot of cases is I, I listen to you uh, halfway on the way in and halfway on the way back. And it really is for me that quick, like if I want to know what's going on in this space, for me, it's just a super fast way. You do a nice job of summarizing it. It's not a lot of spin. It's giving me just the information I need to know. If I want more details, I can hit your show notes. Go go get more details. I have details. extensive show notes. You do. Yeah. Like so for this show, when Mike and I do it, it's a lot of talking and a little bit of show notes, right? <laughs> When you do it, it's a little bit of talking and a whole bunch of show Every notes. headline has a show note. Yeah, I know. It's, it's super It's good a great good. way to connect people to the info so they can go get more. That's the goal. That's observed the Tech. Observed Tech Podcast yep. is what it is, You can Rich. actually find it at observed.tech these days. Nice. I got a .tech nice. domain for it. No, no. Congrats on that. And Okay. You know what? I've known you now for, I don't know, four or five years, and I've just kind of watched you grow into this space and become just a real leader in journalism in this area and so congrats i i don't know if you ever in, in, intended to start no down this path. not at all like i think it's been a surprise for you in a lot of ways like one thing led to another and then pretty yeah. soon you're I like doing just, some amazing guys stuff. I, everybody listen i was just your everyday standard kind of enthusiastic blogger right yeah. i i had this podcast that i did on a fairly regular basis right but and i i gotta admit i the podcast was going on before i retired in 2011 from the navy and so I was able to put a lot more constancy into, you know, consistency into it when I retired. But, you know, it, I was just a happy-go-lucky blogger guy, right? Writing at windowsobserver.com, doing my thing, working for a software company from home. It was the best of both worlds. And then out of the blue in 2015, just before Windows 10 came out, this one person approaches me because we had met and had a relationship through social media and at tech conferences uh, back in the day, tech ed. And the, there was a big change going on at a certain property. And I was asked to come in freelance behind that. And two years later, that freelancing turned into a full-time position. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. I, I never expected it to be what it is. Well, that freelance work, I think you just picked up because you thought it'd be fun. I, I think, it, yeah, it was what I did. And I figured, yeah, I yeah I'm going to like, oh, yeah. write a few things. And yep. I, I don't think you thought that was going to be a big deal. And then they asked you to do more. And then some, yep. some companies bought other companies and yep. got asked to do some more things. And I... I think it's one of those great stories of if you're just available. It's always not about ability, but it's about availability. Yeah. And you're just learning. A, I'm still learning today. No, no, no. You're doing a great job. I, I really appreciate you and and what you do out there. And so, Rich, thanks for taking the time. Mike and I are going to spend a little time uh, doing some Apple stuff, so we will let you go. But we, right, appreciate, we appreciate the hour that you gave to us, Rich. Always great Super. to see you. Always. I'll miss you at the summit. I'm, I, I got to find some more ways to run into you now. Now you that won't be uh, at the summit? No, Dave and I are no longer MVPs. You guys were you? from Windows Insider MVP? I know. We both I did we, not know that. We both declined the Oh, MVP. you declined. Okay. So it was an active decline. Yeah, we both both oh, I can't speak for Dave. I just felt like I wasn't able to give the time. Yeah, gotcha. I get there and I was just goofing around. And it was fun. Great team. Love those guys. 
great week of a vacation. But I was like, you know what? There's folks like you who are really doing this stuff that really deserve to be there. And I just, I felt bad about taking a slot. So mm -hmm. I was like, eh. So I talked to the team and they were like, yeah, it's okay. So it was cool. nice to, I, and to be honest, I just have not had the time. I've got other stuff going on. I hear you. So. Well, I'm looking for a couple new conferences next year because we're not going to go to CES anymore. Okay. Well, good There's for you. There's just not enough enterprise business <laughs> yeah. stuff at CES yeah. for us yeah. to cover. So I'm actually in the market to look for a couple other options. So who knows? All right. Rich, thanks, Rich, always great to see you, man. Thanks. All thanks. Right. Take for care, everybody. In. Take care. Yeah, you bet. We'll see you next time. Sure. Thanks. Thanks for jumping in. Mike, I think we got a few extra minutes to roll through this. You've got some updates on some power stuff you've done with your phone. We kind of teased it a little bit as we were talking about our phones, but you've done some new stuff. Talk about it. Yeah, so I, I made the jump. I don't know what caused me to make this jump, I guess. Well, I, I guess I do. I know what caused this. So um, as part of like a gift package I got, I went to an auction and I got this golf gift package. One of the things in there was a battery pack, you know, just your typical battery pack. It's actually a pretty high capacity one. It's when it's a, you know, about the size of your hand. And the cool part about this one was though, it had wireless charging built in. So instead of carrying around a cord to connect to this thing, you would just set it on your desk and set your phone on top. It was like, oh, it's pretty cool. But I went to go set my phone on top of it. And I realized that I couldn't use it because I had the metal plate in my phone as an example, right there, just like you there, just right like there. that, yeah, okay. Because both you and I were big fans of the car mounts that use the magnetic car mount, which means you mm. put a plate in between your case and your phone. So I was like, oh man, that kind of stinks. This is kind of the first time I've ever been interested in using wireless charging. I've just never used. It. I had an iPhone 10 for a while, which supports it, and and never used it. But like, you know what? Okay, maybe I give this a chance. Let's so let's see. What would it take to get into wireless charging? I said, well. So I need something in my car because my biggest thing is that I have that mount, right? So I need a mount that can also do Qi charging. So I did find one um, and it'll be in the show notes, but it is the Squishy brand. Uh, so what this is, is it's a gra they call it a gravity mount, right? So this version connects to your vent, but you can also get a different adapter that could just stick right onto your dash, whatever you want to do. But as you slide your phone into the case or into the mount as it hits the bottom, the sides pinch in. So it, it doesn't take any snapping in. You just slide the phone in as it hits the bottom, the arm squeeze in and it's got wireless charging built in. So you've got one cord, which is a micro USB that comes down. You plug that into your USB adapter in your car. And all of a sudden you have a wireless charger mount in your car, which is pretty cool. So that, that took care of that. So, okay. So now I can take out the metal plate. I'm all good. I have a mount in my car. So I've talked about it on the show before. Everything power related for all my mobile devices, I have just come to trust and love Anchor brand, A-N-K-E-R. If you guys haven't used them, they just make super high quality products. Um, their customer service is fantastic. If you ever do have an option, all of my iPhone cords and chargers, even before the wireless one, have been um, have an Anchor brand. I have one right here. I have a five port right on my desk that I can plug stuff into. But what Anchor makes is this really cool stand that is also a wireless charger. So it's great for your desk. I had, so when I had that magnet mount, I had a regular desktop magnet mount stand for my desk at work. Didn't have any charging built in, but it was just a stand you could, you know, snap my phone to since I already had that on there. So I got really used to having my phone in a stand. So Anchor makes these, and I can't remember the exact model on this. I'll have to look it up. It's it's the only one Anchor made. They make two. So Anchor Qi Charger. Um, they make two versions. One has a higher capacity, faster charging than the other one. So just depending on what you want, I think they're anywhere from $19.99 to $29.99. So also very affordable, which is what I really like about these. So for 30 bucks, you can grab one. So I grabbed one for work and for home. And now I've kind of switched all of my chargers to 
wireless charging, which is kind of fun. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, one thing I have not researched is what is healthier for your battery. Is it better to plug in via core? Is it better to the heat from wireless charging? Is that going to cause me an issue over the long term? So we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I think it's going to work out pretty well. I trust anchor. Um, I don't think, you know, I don't think the phone manufacturers would put wireless charging in and be selling all the different wireless chargers if they didn't, if it had a detrimental effect to your battery. Uh, but that's just what I think. So we'll see how it goes. This honestly, these, uh, these just came in the other day. So I've only been doing it for a little while, but I, I really do. I've been liking it. It's pretty convenient. I never thought I would be the type that would like wireless charging, but, uh, I kind of do kind of get into it. Well, it's, you're getting me to think I might, I, I, I kind of need to change over the whole Bluetooth. We were talking about this in the pre-show. My, I have a Belkin Bluetooth one. It was 50, no, 25 bucks. It sucks. It's really bad. And, uh, although I'm, I'll be buying a new car in the next year or so, maybe a year and a half. And I'm just thinking, eh, maybe I just wait for the new car to come. It works for now. I keep, you know, I actually run. So for whatever reason on the Belkin uh, Bluetooth adapter that I have, I can't have it plugged in and the phone plugged into that port at the same time. It keeps dropping the charging, which makes the, um, I have no idea. My Fitbit has now telling me I got 12,000 steps. And I think you've watched me, Mike. I've been yeah. sitting here for the last hour. That's how you've been half. winning. Don't tell Mike Howard, but Jim just sits and podcasts and it he has just, his watch set. It just, I was at 11,000 and some change, but I, I don't know how that that happened. Sarah just came in and said, did you hear they solved the murder because of somebody's Fitbit? Well, what, what just happened is it just told me I had 12,000 steps and I haven't moved. I have not been walking. You know, we, we know when you shake your hand. Right. When you shake your hand at the steps, I don't know. Give me another beer, would you? So <laughs> she didn't like that. Um, so it, 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 um, yeah. So for whatever reason, when I would plug it, it had a port, you, know, you plug it into the cigarette lighter and then you would yeah. plug in the power to it. And for a while it would just stop charging. And then of course that resets the, the Bluetooth, which right, it was just a mess. So I had to run the long, the original white cable that came with the phone. It now runs along the side of the seat and goes into the Bluetooth or it goes into the charger that's in my console yeah. in my, in the gotcha. arm. It's so jankety. So <laughs> could you just get a different car chart? Cause like I have the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. port from anchor um, car. No, for the Bluetooth adapter, the charger is all, it's all in one. It's oh, all see, in one unit. That's yeah. the, okay. So, so I have, I got to look at which brand I have. So I have the same thing as you, Jim. So my car does not have Bluetooth. So I have the same thing. I have, it's like a little disc, right? It sticks to your dash, comes down. I actually think mine might be Anchor brand now that I think of it. It's decent. Uh, the microphone on is terrible, but for getting audio in, it works. So I have the Anchor four port car charger. We were talking about this earlier. I run my dash cam. So I have a, uh, dash cam, the Bluetooth, and the wireless charger all on that, and it, it runs fine. They all seem to charge pretty, yeah. pretty well. I, I don't know what the deal with it is. I had to, I've had to replace the Bluetooth or the uh, aux in already once that the the aux in broke on my Honda Civic. So I bought the part, had to pull some dash stuff off. This is we again, we were talking in pre show, but uh, Mark said, Why don't you just replace the radio with the Bluetooth enable one? And I 
looked at the instructions to pull the dash off. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I am not pulling the dash off my Honda. Not in a million years. It's like this clip here and that clip here and this clip there. And then do this and clip that. And I'm like, uh, okay, you had me at the first clip. Not going not gonna to do it. So, um, yeah, I got a little work. Um, well, I just got some thinking to do. I, I like... I like the ability to to be able to charge this, but then I kind of think, well, you know, but by where I sleep, I now have two cords. I literally just plug this in and set it down. It's not like it; it's all that much different to be setting it on something to wirelessly charge it for me. The battery life has been so good, to be honest. I'm barely yeah. charging it, so I think of those things, and then I kind of go, do I really need you know to spend another fifty bucks on all this? And where I, I found it helpful, you're right. At night, I probably could have gotten away with not having one of these by my bedside because yeah. at night you're plugging in. It's at work. You're sitting down at your desk. You do because I'm up and down at meetings all day. So I come back in. I just set it down, not having to do that extra step. It's been great. Just come sit down, plop it in. You're kind of done. You yeah. sit down where you're going to set it anyway. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. Well, good stuff. Good update on that. Hey, and then you've got a few Mojave um, uh, things to. Yeah, let's save too. that. Let's, okay. we'll, we'll we'll do an update. We'll do that next week. Uh, speaking of that, next week, uh, Dwayne Robinson's back. So he'll, I'm sure he'll give us a little bit of a crypto update on some of the things he's doing, some of the work he's doing at Microsoft. It will probably not be a Microsoft-dominated show like it was this week, but Dwayne is a good friend of the show, and he'll be back, and uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on uh, there as well. Mike, anything else before we kind of wrap it and go into some post-show crypto? No. Got a great, I have a great conversation. I have a great I, – I never thought I'd say the sentence – I have a great Saya conversation. And I'm excited because I purposely did not look up this news once you told me so that you could you could tell me about it. Never Which thought probably a I very would. bad thing to say as a podcast host that I didn't look up the story. No, never thought I'd get Saya and exciting in the no. same in the same uh, in the same sentence. Don't forget if you want to support us, want to support the show, you can do that via Patreon. Some of you always ask, "Hey, how do I help? What's going on there?" And if you want to do that, theaverageguy.tv/support gets you there, or you can just go out to theaverageguy.tv. There's a Patreon link there. In the section, there's some black icons. It's right. Well, no, I don't have the right screen up. It's uh, it's right. Actually, it's right there. If you're uh, right there, if you're on the site, and um, if you want to do that, we have plans for as little as a buck. Of course, we appreciate your sponsorship. That's what actually pays for the mobile app now. So appreciate what you're doing. If you want to send me an email, Jim at theaverageguy.tv is kind of the right way to do it. You can find me on Twitter at Jay Collison. Uh, Uyghur Tech, right for you, Mike? On Twitter, yes. If you want to join the Facebook group, which is where kind of all the action is happening right now and some grilling action is what's going on in the Facebook group right now. Everybody's talking about grilling. Mike, what'd you pick up? You picked up a new grill? Yeah, I picked up a little, uh, what What even brand is it? How many, Char, Char, uh, I should know that brand. Yeah, a little <laughs> tailgate grill. I was going back and forth. I couldn't decide if I wanted the- uh, Charbroil. Charbroil, thank you. It is the Charbroil- tabletop black portable gas grill yeah it's pretty simple yeah. but it does those little one pound propane tanks it's already it's actually really nice mm -hmm. i went out and set it on my back patio and i wanted to test it make sure because we're going to the chiefs game this weekend that was the main reason i got it so we're heading down to the chiefs we're gonna tailgate i was like oh, i kind of grab one of those i went and cooked some burgers on it last night i yeah. you forget jim so when you've gone from a huge pellet grill that takes a little while to heat up takes a long time. Then you smell like smoke. You smell like you've been around a bonfire after you cook. You forget how nice it is to go out and turn on a propane and just do some burgers real quick. So, ready yeah. in five, ready I think in five it's minutes. got me ready to buy probably another gas, a bigger gas grill for, for the backyard to complement the smoker. It is nice just having a straight grill. 
I'm not. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Up and up and running in a few minutes. Uh, if you join the Facebook group, Kevin uh, threw out this morning a Fire Inch. Uh, look, it looks like the Amazon Fire Seven Inch tablet. They did a fire, literally a fire sale on them. Fifteen bucks, and if you bought it through Amazon shipping and you have Prime shipping, was free. So I picked up a seven inch Fire tablet for uh, fifteen bucks. I missed that. I went to go click on it, and it was already sold out. Yeah, he said they would sell out fast, and I. He was right. I'm almost always. I miss those. I was at work. I went right to it. I connected Woot to Amazon to make it work. I paid for it. Fifteen dollars. It's shipping. I hope I have to. I have to check Amazon to make sure. Indeed, it's going to ship. You know, sometimes they sell those things like, "Oh, sorry, we ran out of stuff." Not a big deal. I don't really care. But to get an Android tablet for fifteen bucks, not a bad way to go. And Kevin, I appreciate the deals. Those are the, that's an example of some of the deals that Kevin puts in the Facebook group. So even if you hate Facebook, love our group. Come out and join us. Facebook.com slash group slash the average guy and uh, ask to be let in. I will let you in as well. Don't forget the average guy.tv's platform, both web and media hosting powered by Maple Grove partners, get secure, reliable, high speed hosting from people that you know, and you trust, you know, that's Christian. And so for more information, visit maplegrovepartners.com. All one word. Christian just did. We just did cyber frontiers 49 and he talked about a day when passwords will no longer exist. Oh, and so if you want, yeah, it's good. It was a good show. Good show. Good show. A lot of future thinking on that one, but a uh, good show. Cyber Frontiers 49 is out and we'll record 50, I think, this week. Well, not this week. You're probably listening to it and it's this week, but uh, Monday or Tuesday, uh, we're going to get that done as well. Don't forget. Let's see what it's. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to download us on the on the, the app. I talked about that earlier. HomeGadgetGeeks.com. Free. Just download it. Just have it ready for you. And then, Mike, I sent you a coupon for HelloFresh. Did you buy it? Not yet. Did you? I was going right. to do that this weekend because I was talking to Hannah and she's like, well, let's do it. Let's order this weekend for next week because next week will be a perfect week for us to do it. Look, look, I literally five, I have five coupons here. We are, we, I just, this is so awesome. Again, I make nothing off this. I just, I don't know why I'm so crazy about it. One, because it's changed my cooking life. Like food matters all of a sudden. Again, it's fresh. It's real. It's tasty. We made, Sarah made, we made stuffed, uh, stuffed peppers last night. and. Oh my God, it was so good. Even Sarah, who's a pretty good cook, as she was eating this, she goes, Oh my God, this is so good. <laughs> and there was some left in the pan, and she's like, Should we save it? I'm like, No, no. let's eat work, that work now. Work it over. So she yeah. got her, she went up with her plate. She, she emptied the, the pan onto the plate, and the two of us sat next to each other and just fought for the last bit of of doing that. So I've, I'm sending coupons out. If you need one of these, let me know. Jim at the average guy TV. I'm just giving them away guys. And I think these are, um, I forget there were 70 bucks, maybe 60, 70 bucks, something like that. Or if you could basically get your first week for free and then you can give it a try. All right. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central 9 Eastern. I'm here at the average guy.tv slash live. We'll do some crypto. Crypto will be available at Patreon. It's free. You just have to go over and get it. Patreon.com slash no. TheAverageGuy.tv slash Patreon is where you can go. We'll be back next Thursday. Glenn Robinson. With that, we'll say goodnight, everybody.